The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic intuition. Should you trust it? Can you make it more reliable? Our guest is Helen Helix DeSanto, a marriage and family therapist for nearly 30 years, who relies heavily on her intuition to help clients deal with their most sensitive issues. How does she do it? What has she done to enhance her sixth sense so that it's more accurate? How does she apply it in counseling? And what can you do to become more intuitive? Stay tuned and let's find out. And now, let's hear from your host, Beth Green, from the Inside Out. Hi. Did we do it again? That uh, the, We didn't get the music and the voice right. Well, hello there. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you hear that? So, anyway, hello. This is Beth Green. I'm the host of Inside Out. And uh, you don't have to be an intuitive to have noticed that we can't seem to get this uh, introduction right. But uh, we hope that you will forgive us and accept that and live through it with us. So I'm so happy that you're joining us today, whenever today is, if it's today or when you're listening on a podcast, because we're going to be talking about intuition, which is really about connecting to ourselves and also connecting to the insides of other people. Uh, I was supposed to tell my guest to go on mute uh, for now, because I'm going to be bringing her in, and I forgot to tell her. So, guest, she's already on with us, but would you just mute until it's time for us to bring you on? Because um, I'm going to start by uh, sharing a few thoughts with our audience, and I'm not sure what I'm going to be sharing, but <laughs> I will in a moment. I want to share a little bit about how I felt about our last show, which was our first that I mostly felt a great deal of joy. And I'd, I'd like to also share that a lovely woman wrote us an email right after the show and uh, talked about how appreciative she was of the information that we were putting out there. And it, it just made me feel so good. And also, I want to thank our one caller, who it happens it was Helen last time, uh, who called in sincerely asking a question to our guests. And it feels so different to know that there's somebody out there, that we're not just talking to ourselves. I remember that when I was a little girl, um, I had a little ego problem, like I think most kids do, and I would stand in front of the mirror, and I would be dancing in front of the mirror and say, and my mommy and my daddy, very brilliant lyrics, I must say. And I would be prancing around in front of that mirror. And I, I don't know, I guess I felt like I had to see myself in the mirror to get a sense that I was real. And in a way, I still have that. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about, people out there? It's like, 
when people respond to us, I don't mean let's be addicted to people giving us validation or you have to like me or have to, have to, have to, then I'm dominated by it. But the reality is that we experience ourselves to a great extent as being real because someone else sees us and mirrors back to us that we exist. And I guess I was desperate to be seen as real when I was a child because I felt so isolated from other children. I was a very odd kid. And uh, so I had a look in the mirror. Uh, somebody is uh, messing around with their microphone. And so I think that we all still have that. We're all looking for validation. We all want to be recognized by our peers. And there's something real about it. I mean, I wouldn't know how to be a human being if I hadn't seen other human beings being human. I wouldn't know how to speak. I wouldn't know how to behave. That's in the human context. And um, I, I wouldn't even know myself except in that relationship. So think about being on the radio, being new at it, not having a lot of feedback from people, and you wonder whether or not you exist. So I would like to encourage people to call into the show. James, would you share the phone number? We're going to share it early today. James, are you on mute? There he is. Okay, the phone number is, I don't know what happened to James, but <laughs> thank you. I've been rescued by somebody. It's one 472 5795 That's 866-472-4795. Nine five, please call in and let us know that you're there. Um, and you, I'd like you to call in in a few minutes after I we introduce the topic and our guest comes on. So, uh, but um, you just want to call in and say hi. That's fine too. Um, today we're going to be talking about intuition, and it just so happens that we are in the middle of teaching a class, a two-week intensive, which we're calling Intuitive Hypnotherapy and Counseling Training. And this class is training people to work as a certified hypnotherapists with an intuitive counseling context. You can, you know, to put out a shingle, but it's also for anybody who really wants to support themselves and their intuition. And we knew that we were going to be doing this intensive at the same time that we were going live with Inside Out. So we thought, well, what are we going to do? That's going to work for our students and it's going to work for the show. So we thought, well, what better time to talk about intuition? Can you trust it? Should you trust it? What the heck is it? And how can we make it more reliable? So, of course, our training program is partly about teaching hypnotherapy te techniques and about teaching counseling techniques, but it's also about training our intuition. And our guest this week is Helen Hillux DeSanto, who is a marriage and family therapist who relies heavily on her intuition. And she is going to be talking with us and we're going to be sharing together our experience about being intuitive. So, welcome to the show, Helen. 
Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you very much. <sighs> By the way, is James back with us? Yes, indeed. I'm right here. Okay, thank you. All right. Why don't we first talk about what is intuition? Or maybe it's more accurate to say, what do we mean when we use the word intuition? Because it's always about what we mean, right? It's our language. Language is about what we mean and what we're trying to communicate. So, uh, Helen, would you like to share some thoughts that you might have on that? Well, you know, I think there are many different ways that you can think about intuition and use intuition. One way that I've heard it spoken of, and, and I know that you include this in your training, is that the other person's unconscious mind relaxes and allows you to connect to that other person's unconscious mind and shares energy with you or or memories or um, images or things like that. And I have certainly experienced that in my work as a counselor. And then, I don't know, the other way I think of it mainly is that it's allowing ourselves to relax and access that what some people call quote-unquote higher wisdom or accessing that broader wisdom from the collective consciousness. So I think of it mostly in those two ways. What about those wild hunches you have that something is going to happen or that somebody is calling or uh, those kind of uh, things that people think of as hunches? Do you think of that as intuition? I think so. I don't know which kind it is, though, whether I, I'm picking up the fact that that person's going to call me, whether that's a an energetic connection to that person or whether that's somehow out there in the ethers and I'm able to pick it up because I'm in tune with that collective consciousness. Do you think everybody is intuitive? Absolutely. I'm asking you questions that I think our audience would ask if they were asking. <laughs> and now that our guest is on, please feel free to call in. Um, so why do you think that everybody's intuitive? I don't mean what evidence do you have, but I'm, what I mean by that is what do you think it is about us that makes us all intuitive? Well, my spiritual belief is that we are all one originally and that in that context of that, I would naturally have access to your information or your feelings if I really feel that oneness. And whether I'm talking about my fellow humans or I'm talking about the you know, more cosmic collective consciousness, if we are all one, then we all have access to that. We just may not know it. We may not have it trained or there may be blocks to accessing it, but it's available to everyone. So you think it's just part of being human? Yes, I do. Or even non-human. <laughs> or even non-human, like animals. Yes. Because, uh, the, the, I was sh- sharing the other day that I-, I saw this film called I Am by Tom Shadiak, and he was describing an experiment where they were watching the deer and that the deer had to make a decision about which water hole to go to. And the people who took the video expected that the alpha deer, the big guy, was going to make the decision and everybody was going to follow him. And it turned out 
that what happened is that different deer were facing, there were three water holes. At, at different time, they were facing different water holes. But when 51% of the deer were facing the same water hole, the whole herd took off in the same direction instantly. Wow. Uh, isn't that astonishing? Yes, that is astonishing. So that that kind of reinforces your idea that we are connected and that we are, in fact, somehow subtly picking up messages from everybody all the time. Does that scare you to think that someone can actually be picking up what you're feeling? <laughs> That would certainly depend on how I'm feeling, I'm sure, and how much my ego is involved in that moment. But in, in general, absolutely not. I, I strive to be transparent. And even if I might resist it at the moment, I ultimately want that transparency because I want to feel connected. Do you think that people are afraid of each other's intuition? Hmm. Well, uh, only to the extent that I was describing myself having resistance. I think that we only would be afraid of other people's intuition if we are in some sort of an, a fear-based, ego-based you know, mood at that moment and we're afraid of being exposed to others. Would we, would we resist it? Otherwise, why wouldn't we welcome it and the connectivity that comes with it? It helps us relax. Do you think that people can block your intuition? Absolutely. In sessions I ha and, and in personal relationships too, I've had that experience and will be exploring especially something that is um, perceived as threatening to them, threatening not in a, in a visceral way, perhaps, I don't mean visceral, but in a physical way but that they perceive as threatening because we are exploring perhaps some old paradigm that they have about their father was mean and we're uncovering some information that kind of suggests that their that the father was was really in a lot of pain and it was manifesting in certain behaviors but that the person is noticing they're beginning to have compassion for their father and all of a sudden I can't think <laughs> I have no idea whether we're talking about gardening or shopping or I seriously cannot think. And it's because they're feeling some fear about letting that old paradigm go and the ensuing shift that might uh, occur for them. And so they, they, they don't mean to, but it's just that fear comes up and blocks and I don't have access to them anymore. You know, I'd love to have you uh, describe to us, because I think you talked about developing your intuition, and there I, I'm sure that there are people who are on this, uh, who are listening. Um, uh, but before we talk about how you have developed your intuition, what I'd like to ask you is, what is the most extraordinary experience of intuition that you've ever had? And after you've described this, then we can go to commercial break and we come back and we can start talking about how everybody can work with their intuition and make it stronger. Well, you know, this is going to sound so crazy. 
I've had so many extraordinary experiences in counseling sessions. I want to say that to begin with, where I will just hear the word sister and I will argue with myself. You know, I know this guy doesn't have a sister. You know, he's never mentioned a sister. I will argue in my own head and then I'll say, <laughs> I keep hearing the word sister. And he said, well, I do have a stepsister that I never told you about. Oh. And that kind of thing happens a lot. But for some reason, I'm, and I'm just following my intuition here, I recently had to put a dog down. You know, this was a, a number of months ago. But I did not think that I had, you know, there are people that they call animal psychics, and I just didn't think I had that. And so I've never really have tried to work with my animals very much, but it was su- suggested to me or I I realized I needed to talk to her about, you know, the fact that I was going to put her down and I started talking to her about, uh, you know, her behavior and about our relationship and how I had felt about her in certain ways and how I thought she'd felt about me and the, you know, the process of letting her go and what it was going to mean to her to transition into a pure energy form and all these things. And I just went with it and her behavior changed radically right before she died she became incredibly and this was for days this took days because i i had to process before i was really ready but her behavior toward me completely changed with every conversation that i had with her and it's like i could hear her talking to me and she could hear me talking to her and it was amazing and i was able to feel completely peaceful about it and no guilt and it was a wonderful experience oh i love that story well, after we're about to go on to our commercial break, and after the break, we will start talking about uh, trusting our intuition and how to make it more reliable. And we also have a caller uh, who we will call upon when we come back. So, James? James? <laughs> oh, well. Anyway... Uh, we are going to be going to commercial oh, break. Oh, I'm here. I'm here. And uh, <laughs> we're going to take our break now. I was talking to my mute microphone. Okay. Uh, we're going to hear more from Helen on what this intuitive, intuitive therapist has to share with us. Stay tuned. <laughs> this is Inside Out. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. 
invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi, this is Beth again. Welcome back. Um, we are talking to Helen Hillux DeSanto, MFT, which means marriage and family therapist who is an intuitive counselor. And she's here to share with us some of her experiences about being intuitive and about how you can make your intuition more consistent and reliable. But before we go back to Helen, we have a caller. Hello. Hello. Am I on? You are. I have an interesting question, maybe not so serious, but I've got a girlfriend who always knows where the parking space is closest to the store. <laughs> and and I'm sure you've got these parking guru stories too, but the attention is that she's using it quite uh, effectively in taking a superiority backseat driver on other things that might not be so simple. Is there an encouragement or a discouragement or any way to get this kind of uh, experience to, to go positive. I... Uh, are you saying, Bill, that this girlfriend of yours is then saying, well, because she's so good at picking out uh, the parking spaces, that that means she's right about everything? Uh, she tends to go on intuition without rediscovering or getting more information. I mean... I haven't taken her to the racetrack, but I could want to see her lose a couple of times just to neutralize the uh, impact on me, but I don't want to put bets on that one either. Okay. Thank you for your question, Bill. Helen, would you like to answer? Well, I think this kind of brings up the question of what is intuition, <laughs> because we can think something is intuition, but it really isn't. And I have to say, I'm sure I have made mistakes in that regard too, or gotten my ego involved in the intuition. And I think this really speaks to the question that Beth said we were going to discuss after the, the break is that the training aspect is so important because the ego wants to get involved in every aspect of our lives and take it over. That's the job of the ego. And so when someone has some intuition and their ego gets involved in it, then they, it becomes a messy situation. And, you know, for you and your girlfriend, I would say, you know, why don't you suggest a session <laughs> with, with somebody because there's a lot more going on than just that. You know, it sounds like there's kind of a power struggle going on or something else um, because, when you're just focusing on your intuition, there isn't any ego involved in it. There isn't any need to push it onto somebody else like an opinion. It's just, you know, it's just a, an insight that you get or, or something like that, but it doesn't have that edge to it that you're describing. 
I think Helen is making an extremely important point because there are a lot of people who are extremely intuitive but not always completely reliable, right? Or not that stable, or not that emotionally stable, and they will cover up some of their own woundedness and need for transformation, hide it behind how intuitive they are, and um, then use it in that ego way that Helen is talking about and avoid really dealing with serious emotional issues that are running them. And they use that as a way of escaping. I, I completely concur with that. And, of course... I have to continue with my own healing constantly. It's not like I am above that myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Being intuitive and using it in a professional way is a tremendous challenge to your integrity. You know, you have to keep challenging yourself to keep growing, constantly growing. And, you know, I have feelings too. I have a husband. (laughs) (laughs) If you, you know, didn't have feelings before, once you get a husband, you'll have lots of exactly. them. Exactly. I have always joked that I thought I was so much more well before I met my husband. And my, I, I started being exposed. It goes back to your mirror thing <laughs> when you were a little girl. <laughs> you know, having, uh, having people in your personal life mirrors to you all the things that irritate you or that you think you know better or whatever. And you may think you're all that quote unquote, you know, in your counselor's room. But when you get into the real world, you start realizing how reactive we all are. And so it's imperative that we keep challenging ourselves to go toward our own healing and to confront our own weak spots. And I I intend, fully intend to be in workshops and counseling for the rest of my life because I always want to keep getting more and more skilled. And I also want to feel good about what I'm doing and know that I'm doing the best I can to keep my own personal blocks out of the way of my intuition. I'd like to follow up on that, but first let me connect it to something else. You know, we talk about how we can use our intuition to make ourselves look superior or to hide from the realities of how unwell we are on an emotional level. But, you know, people who are in the scientific community, some, not certainly not all, uh, can say that intuition doesn't really exist and it's not scientifically provable. And so they're kind of in the ego of science of saying we're better because we have the evidence and we have the, and completely ignore all the evidence that exists on the other side, which actually proves that there is a possibility of being able to access higher wisdom than we could possibly have ourselves. And, uh, At the same time, there is a reality that we have to be very clear because our intuition can be very off base. And so, or what we think is intuition can be off base. So Helen, would you like to address what can we do to uh, make sure that our intuition is not being used by some unconscious motivation that we have? Well, to me, there are two parts to the answer One is what I was saying before about being scrupulously honest with ourselves and putting ourselves in situations in which we receive feedback about our own well-being. I think that's imperative and number one. Mm -hmm. 
is that we have to have people who are seeing us and who are giving us feedback about ourselves and our weaknesses and our strengths and continuing to uh, receive guidance and support in that way. And feedback is just so important because once a person is licensed or even if you're not licensed, if you hang out your shingle in some way or other, so many people feel like that's the end of my training. I, I got my training and now I'm done. Or I was born with my intuitive gift and now I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I feel like getting feedback from other people, putting and, and it takes courage to do that, to keep putting yourself into a group kind of setting or a one-to-one kind of setting in which you're exposing yourself. It, the ego does not like that one bit. But if you keep doing it enough time, the ego will calm down and feel supported by the fact because it helps me relax so much to be getting all that support. And when I miss it for a few days or whatever, I notice it. So you mean when you miss the support? When I miss the support, yes, thank you. Um, and I'm completely forgot the second part. So <laughs> good. Well, oh, we can... oh, I know what it okay, was. Good. Sorry. <laughs> the other, the other thing is, it's observable. You know, it's observable if if you're willing to get feedback from other people. And then you can observe if you're in a long-term relationship with someone, whether it's personal or professional, if you're using your intuition in a way that is in integrity and not ego-dominated, you will see the results. They, you will see transformation in mm-hmm. the people that you're working with. And if you, if you are getting the feedback on the other side for yourself – then you know what that looks like. You know what that feels like. And the two sides have to match. uh, That's a very good point. And one more thing, because we have another caller, and I'll uh, patch her in in a moment. But, Helen, is there some way that we can be monitoring ourselves? Because I'd I'd like to get into this a bit more, maybe even later, uh, to monitor ourselves about how does it feel when we're really being intuitive and when we're really um, spouting an opinion and we're trying to make it look like it's our intuition, how can you tell the difference? Well, for myself, my weakness is that I tend toward anxiety and my anxiety makes me want to control things and know the answer and so forth. And one of the dead ringer clues for me is if I'm starting to feel anxious, then I know I'm not just using my intuition because there's a stress in my body. Mm -hmm. And if I am just following the intuitive process, I'm relaxed because it's not up to me. It's up to me and my client or my friend or whomever, and it's up to the universe. And so I feel like I'm part of that oneness and part of the process that's evolving naturally and if I don't feel that, then I, that's a clue to me that I'm off and I need to stop and reconnect. And wouldn't you also say that if what's coming out of your mouth sounds an awful lot like what you want, maybe you should ask yourself if this is your intuition? Yes, or, <laughs> it, or it could sound an awful lot like preaching. Yeah. You right. know, and one has to stop. I mean, there are a lot of different ways, I think, that are clues to, and different people, again, have different weaknesses. Some, some people may, 
tend to pontificate. Some people may tend to do something else, and we just have to pay attention. And again, that's where that feedback loop comes in to help us identify what is our weakness. Thank you. So now we have another caller, Rose from California. Hi, Rose. Hi. Yeah, I had a question about distinguishing between my feelings and someone else's feelings. You know, given that we're all connected, I know I do pick up on other people's feelings, and sometimes that can be other people's, or I could project something. So if you can help me with that, that would be great. Thanks. Thank you, Rose. Helen? Well, it's a very good question, Rose. Very good question. And it's difficult sometimes to tell. Um, Using the intuitive process, and I'm, we, we need to develop ways that we can check ourselves goes back to Beth's question about how can you tell the difference and the same thing telling the difference between my feelings and the other person's feelings I need to be able to ask myself are these my feelings and I need to be able to trust the yes and the no which is a skill that you really have to be taught and to practice and everybody's different. Sometimes people see the yes and no. Sometimes people feel it in their bodies, do muscle testing. There are so many different reliable ways of developing that distinct yes and no. But that's a very good example of a time when one would stop and say, are these my feelings or are these your feelings? And I have it come up all the time in sessions in which I feel all of a sudden just this huge surge of sadness and I know it's not mine because we're talking about their family or or something, you know, but I check, you know, are these my feelings? Because there are times when it might trigger something in me about my childhood family or something like that. And then I need to stop and pause and reconnect and relate back to, you know, to release that and, and relate back. Or, or maybe it's, uh, I'll ask my tuition, is it? right for me to share something about my childhood that might relate to this. So it's it's very important to be able to distinguish whose feelings they are so that you can make a conscious decision whether your feelings actually will be a beneficial thing to share with them if they if you decide they, they are your feelings or to say, I wonder why I'm feeling sadness and you're not. Because there will be times Mm -hmm. when a person is telling me the saddest thing and I will feel overwhelmed with sadness and they're not manifesting that sadness at all. And that may become the focus of the session is why aren't you feeling your own feelings? So that's a great question, Rose. One thing that I think is coming out of this conversation and is that we need two things in order to develop and support our intuition at least – One is that we have to do our own healing and do our own work and constantly check our own motives. And the other is that there are some techniques and tools that we can use, such as checking on yeses and nos and doing muscle testing, so where we can actually develop our accuracy from a more objective perspective. Would you say that that's true? Absolutely. Very, very important, and each one is equally important. What about, um, you know, the physical? Uh, Something that I have, because I've taught 
people, intuition training and so on. And one of the things that I've noticed is that people believe that they can stay the same and still be more intuitive by practicing, looking in the sky, pick, you know, holding a ring or whatever, and that they're not necessarily willing to change themselves to become more clear. So it's not only the emotional. It's, for example, if I come into a session and I've had two cupcakes and a cup of coffee, I don't think I'm going to be as accurate. So don't you think that when you want to be more intuitive, that that really throws into our lives a challenge to clean ourselves up on every level? I'm so glad you brought that up, Beth, because that was something I was thinking about before the show, is how important it is to realize that we are integrated beings, body, mind, and spirit, and that we cannot separate out and say that I can abuse my body. I'm a food addict that I have struggled with my eating my whole life. And I've been on a food plan for years, but then I, and which means no sugar, no flour, no alcohol, no caffeine. um, And certain things I can't eat, no shellfish for me. Some people can eat shellfish, but Intuited food plans are a wonderful way to support our physical well-being and our physical integrity and our clarity. And I know that if I eat even too much food on my food plan, that if I eat too much, my body's out of balance and my clarity is diminished. And I think this is one of the the reasons that people don't want to really – get a full picture of what it means to be intuitive is because it's unbelievably challenging to our lifestyles, not not just our way of relating to people, but it's also a challenge to your lifestyle. Exactly what you said, that our clarity cannot be complete if we are polluting our body with some substance or some unhealthy way of eating. And it goes it goes along with exercising and, and getting enough sleep. Yeah. All those ways of supporting our well-being. Yeah. So, Not to mention um, smoking. <laughs> and all those other ways that we distract ourselves. Uh, we're going to be going to another commercial break. And at that time, I'd like uh, Helen to talk a little bit about how people can reach her if they're interested in uh, developing themselves or getting counseling. And we also have another caller, Helena, from California. So don't go away. Come right back. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. 
Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Welcome back to Inside Out. Our guest today is Helen Hillux DeSanto, who's an intuitive counselor and marriage and family therapist. We have a question from or a call from Helena in California. And also, James has a very important question to ask. Let's start with Helena. Hi. Um, I'm feeling a little confused listening to you all about how this needs training and everything. But in, initially, Helen, you said that you thought that everybody uh, had the capacity to be intuitive. And I'm wondering what you think about how we are as children. Is this a capacity we have more access to as children and that somehow we, we turn it off with however our parents or society responds to us? Um, that we, do you think that maybe we had more and we turn it off and it's, uh, and, and how, maybe how we can keep that from happening to our children or how we can, you know, just get back to some ability we had more as a child. Thank you, Helena. That was a great question. You know, I don't know that I really know the answer to that question. Um, If we all have the ability to be intuitive, then I think kids do have it, but I don't know if they have it more than we have it when we're grown up. I think people Uh, are born. I'd like to share something on that, Helen, that came to me intuitively. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Uh, And not that I want to cut you off, but... um, Children are frequently more intuitive only because they haven't been shut down yet. And, but, and children have a lot of experiences that shut them down from their intuition. For example, if you have a spiritual experience or an intuitive experience and your parents find that scary or objectionable, they will let you know that you shouldn't be thinking that, that, that isn't true. So that's one way that your intuition can get shut down or hidden. Or, and I think this is even more significant, if you have intuitions about what people are feeling or about what might happen and they are denied by people, let's say, oh, I know that daddy's angry and he's smiling. And you, and if you say, gee, daddy, are you angry? And daddy says, no, I'm happy. Then you begin to question yourself. Or if you have an experience that is frightening because you're feeling people's feelings, like daddy's really in a rage 
and you feel that rage because you haven't shut yourself down yet, so you experience it, that can make the world a scary place. So there are numerous experiences that we can have as we're growing up, plus just the general disbelief in our society that could have shut you down at a very early age. But that doesn't mean that we can't be equally intuitive as we get older, as we work through those fears and we open that up. So I just wanted to share that. And Helen, would you like to add anything to that? Well, a couple of things. I completely agree with what you're saying. And I think, you know, some of that happened to me as a child also. Um, denying, so. denying, yeah, denying things. So I must have been blocked right then because, uh, of course, <laughs> of course, I know the answer to that question. It happened to me. I mean, exactly. I knew exactly you know, what my there, parents. Exactly. I want to say this because I want the audience to really get this. I'm sitting here with Helen and she's doing this great job and I can feel that she's saying, well, I don't know. And I know that's not true. Intuitively, I know. And I knew what it was that she was shut down as a child. And so there is an example of intuition that is there to be supportive, that it's really there to help someone else to connect to what is true for them that they may have blocked. So take it away. But I wanted everyone to see that that was intuition in action in a very modest way, not a spectacular way. Yeah, thank you. Um, (laughs) But I also want to say that I've also heard people talking about how, you know, children are so amazing and they're so this and that and mm-hmm. people some people want to practically deify their children and and make them way more advanced than they really are at the same time not not I, in a not with intuition necessarily but i i just think it's we need to be careful with expecting them to be too brilliant at the same time <laughs> Or even to distinguish between children and adults because children, uh, adults are pretty childish if I have myself as an example. Absolutely. And, and everybody else I know. But I think this comes back to the training issue is that everybody needs to be trained in their intuition. We have in the stream uh, a process where we ask uh, for what is for the highest good of all, including ourselves. And we have children who are part of our community and they learn to ask those questions and the child may say yes i want candy but when the family comes together and everyone goes neutral when we ask the question uh then the child will get the same answer that the the adult does which is no i really shouldn't get this candy and i think the critical piece about intuition which we have sort of wa- uh, talked around but haven't said absolutely is we the one major component in trusting our intuition is our neutrality about the answer. If we are truly neutral about the answer, we are much more likely to get a reliable intuition. But if we have a certain agenda, I want the candy, or I want to buy the house, or I want this, or I want that, it can be very big, or it could be very small, it could be subtle, or it could be not so subtle, then we are not neutral, then we are not really being guided by our intuition or by our higher consciousness. We're being guided by our wants. And James, would you like to share? You said that you had a question. Yes, thank you. I do have a question, and I'd like to explore the question of how do we register intuition? I know that for myself, 
I like to use a body pendulum process where I, my body leans forward if it's a yes, back if it's a no, and I try to get neutral first. So I can ask about what should I eat or what should I wear or should I go here, should I go there, should I do this, should I do that? And I was just wondering, uh, Helen, how you register intuition or Beth, how you register intuition, what you might share with the audience. Helen? Well, I think I shared before, I think there are so many different ways. For me, it's a physical sensation when I feel – and this, again, is I've tried many different things over the years, but this feels like the most reliable way is that I'll ask a question and I feel a tingling sensation like the chi just flowing unfettered through my body. That's a yes and if it's a no, I get a clenched feeling right in the middle of my body. It's like it's just something physical is blocking the flow of chi. I have uh, similar kinds of experiences to Helen, and I also uh, hear words in my head. And I know, James, that you use other means to register, and I respect every one of them, and all of them can be trained, but... When I had my spiritual and psychic awakening, I literally started hearing words. <laughs> but I still have to check myself out because I could be hearing the words, oh, yes, go spend $100,000 on that because you really want it. But, you know, God says you should do this. Uh, and uh, so it, it doesn't matter how many different ways we get. I think we should always check ourselves. And frankly, when it comes to a big decision, uh, we need to really check ourselves out. So th- that means that if, if I feel intuitively that we're supposed to do something, I'm going to go to James, my partner, and say, you know, I feel this. I'm going to go to a Helen or someone else. I'm going to go to the collective. I'm going to really check it out. And and the other thing that I was taught by the inner voice was that we should make decisions based on intuition, observation, experience, and common sense. So sometimes um, intuition really does trump common sense. And in counseling sessions, because I'm also a counselor, sometimes we get this message or this feeling that we're supposed to bring something up with the client or to something like that. And it seems completely crazy, and yet we have to do it anyway. At that point, we feel like, all right, what the heck? I'm feeling a strong guidance about doing that. And those are places where I feel like I can be more objective and more neutral, and I trust that guidance. On the other hand, even in those situations, I could be driven by my anger, by my reactivity towards the client. We are not perfect. None of us is perfect and perfectly non-reactive. We're always having to watch ourselves to see whether or not we are neutral, in alignment, or we're reacting. And if we're reacting, we're in trouble. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) So, Helen, let us know and let our audience know, how can people reach you? Well, should I give my phone number? Whatever you're comfortable with. Okay. My website is on our website under, okay. you know, and your show, your website, but say it out loud. And if you want to give your phone number, whatever you feel comfortable doing. Okay. My website is helensplace.org. And she said it's on the website for Voice America. So you can see it there. My phone number is 760-941-8215. 
and my email is hhillix, H-I-L-L-I-X, at yahoo.com. Okay, can you repeat those? We have helensplace.org. Right, and... Your phone number? Phone is 760-941-8215. And my email is hhillix, H-I-L-L-I-X, at yahoo.com. And if you didn't have a chance to write that down on our episode listing, you will see Helen. And you can always listen to the podcast also. Uh, Helen, it's been a joy having you on. Is there anything that you would like to share before uh, we turn this over to James and he tells us who our next guest is going to be? Well, the only thing I would like to say is that I I think, I don't know if I've made it sound like it's such an arduous process that nobody (laughs) would possibly undertake it. I want to to add as a final note, more (laughs) inspiring perhaps, that it is the biggest joy in my life, the, the, the whole process of, of cleaning up my life, of continuing to heal my own blocks and pains, and offering what I have to the world is the biggest joy in my life. And so anyone who is interested in, in developing your intuition, regardless of the arduous nature of, of the journey, it is so much more rewarding than anything else on earth that I can think of. So please join us on that path if you feel so inclined. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, um, intuition is one of the many senses. It would be like saying to somebody, uh, do you really need to see? There are people who are blind and they struggle because of that. There is no reason for us to cut off an aspect of ourselves that is our birthright as as humans, which is our ability to access higher consciousness, which we barely tapped into today, and our intuition. I'd love to thank Helen for being our guest today. As always, she is lovely. She's a very warm counselor. She's very good. And... uh, She's licensed and takes insurance. (laughs) So if you want to go on a journey of self-exploration, please give her a call. And now, uh, James, would you like to let us know what's coming up next on Inside Out? Yes, Beth. I'd be very happy to. Our next edition of Inside Out will be hierarchies and pecking orders, waking up and busting out, when our guest will be internationally known author Kingsley Dennis. Most of us live in hierarchies that we have created or that we have inherited from our world. Aren't we always comparing ourselves to others, trying to evaluate our place in the pecking order? What was the hierarchy in your family? How did that impact you? Don't you still have pecking orders among friends at work, in your current families and world? And how can we free ourselves from this? So join us next week. Until then, goodbye for now. Just another moment about Kingsley. He's the author of many books, and uh, he has been knocking hierarchies, and you can find out about him on our website. Uh, He's recently uh, co-authored a book with uh, Irvin Laszlo, who is a very well-known philosopher and teacher. They've done a book called The Dawn of the Akashic Age, and Irvin Laszlo is also... Uh, has been twice nominated 
for the Nobel Prize. And uh, Kingsley has co-authored two books with him, one that he co-authored, one that he co-edited, and he's written many books of his own. He's a delightful guy. He's British. He's got a great accent. You are going to love him. So please tune in next week and tell your friends about Inside Ad and pass the, the podcast to anyone you think might be interested. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week. Bye.